You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> journalists will never vote for him because why would an American defenseman be the Norris Trophy you know, why, why would the best defender in the league ever win the award that goes to the best defender in the league? There's <laughs> Mike, my hot take for you. Mike, there's a, thing that, good, Mike. there's a thing that we've been saying on this podcast for years, and it's it's points equals good. Points. It's just, it's all about the points, Mike. Yeah. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track and the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon Stanley. That is my trusty co-host, Matthew Soma. We are just days away from the puck dropping on the 2022-23 NHL season. I know it's been a long wait for all of you hockey fans, just as it has for us. And we are going to kick things off tonight, get into some good, real hockey talk with none other than the voice of the Canes, the big rig, Mike Maniscalco. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to come on our humble little podcast and talk a little hockey with us, buddy. Very excited to have you. Well, Brandon, Matt, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. So when you said that you were going to get down to talking real hockey, I thought Shane or Trip were going to be joining us. So I'm, I'm <laughs> flattered it's just me. No, uh, very, very happy to be here, guys. And more importantly, cannot wait for the start of this season, the 25th season of the Hurricanes in North Carolina. And uh, the way that it's set up, I think that we all are anticipating a pretty good year out of this club. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're going to get into the hockey talk, but we often do when we have guests here on the track and the storm podcast, we like to get a little bit of backstory on the man himself behind the mic. I know a lot of people you've been on the Canes broadcast for years now, even before you were the actual play by play man. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your story getting here and getting to, well, obviously where you are today as that play by play man, before you were on our TVs, who was Mike Maniscalco? Uh, got into radio uh, early on. Uh, I was I was going to try to get into television uh, out of college. That was the plan, you know, back when Sports Center was the thing, and you had Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick with the Big Show, and then you would have Kenny Main and Craig Kilborn, the Feel Good Edition. I'm like, hey, if they got a three in the morning edition, that'll be mine. I'll be uh, excited to host that. Uh, but I uh, I got into to radio and I was a, a weekend uh, producer and then that turned into a morning show producer and a production director and it was a news talk slash sports talk at the time because I'm old uh, and there weren't a ton of 24-hour sports talk stations everywhere uh, going back now and this is uh, going to make me feel even older 28 years ago when uh, I started all of this so uh, but my station flipped to all sports and I got the 
nighttime position from six to 10. I was also the weekend producer for the ABC affiliate, my hometown in Buffalo. And I had to choose, do I want to be a part-timer in TV or the full-time job in radio? And then I didn't take the most direct route to becoming a play-by-play voice in professional sports. I spent a lot of years in uh, Richmond, Virginia and in Raleigh, North Carolina and Buffalo on the air as a, a sports talk show host. But I would do play-by-play at every turn if anybody would let me do it. I mean, it doesn't matter if it was T-ball or if it was AAA baseball or the ACC tournament. Uh, and that's uh, the one thing uh, that I tell all the, the people who come up and ask me, all of the college students, all of the, the men and women who want to get into play-by-play. The first thing I tell them is don't do it uh, because I'm trying to preserve my job security. Uh, and the, <laughs> the second thing is I'm like, there's really no there's no real direct route. I mean, there are some people who get into it and, you know, take advantage of, of breaks that are handed to them. And, and that's honestly what happened to me um, for, I got not the right place at the right time. You have to work hard. I, I, I always hate when people are like, Oh, it was the right place at the right time. Well, you have to make sure you put in the work and then the right place and the right time opens up for you. But uh, I went from Buffalo to Richmond, from Richmond to uh, Raleigh and got to do the, the pre and post game show for, I'm sure you guys know for a very long time. Uh, what is now what the, the storm, storm watch and aftermath and uh there were a lot of years of not playoffs <laughs> and uh going through that and then you probably the, took some of my angry calls at some point i'm i'm sure i did and uh, normally most of them ended with that's a good point i didn't see it that way thanks for the call uh but <laughs> learn how to learn how to say that a lot uh, but at the the same time you know it, it kept me around the game and around the team and then an opportunity opened up to uh, be on the pregame show with Shane and be the pregame show host and then the intermission host and do the interviews and, and postgame. And then uh, it's pretty well documented what uh, happened a few years ago. Uh, and I always say I wish things would have transpired a little differently for uh, everybody involved. But uh, the chance to become the play-by-play voice presented itself. The team offered me the, the job. And uh, as my dad told me, if you don't do it, somebody will. Uh, so uh, I I took uh, I took the swing at it, and here we are now. It'll be my third full season, and you know can't wait. So that's the abridged version. There's there's a lot of stuff that uh, I could share, but one I wouldn't want to bore you. And two, um, I'm sworn to secrecy by uh, non disclosure agreements on a couple other stories of how I got here. But uh, that's it. Uh, it wasn't a linear path, but uh, I'm I'm just thrilled. I'm literally living the dream. Like I pinch myself every morning, going, you know how did I get here? You know, it's, it's one of those things. Uh, I'm a big movie guy for anybody who hangs around me. And uh, there used to be a joke. It's funny going all the way back to my college and early radio days. The guy I work with goes, Mike can quote you any line from any movie or your next two rentals are free. That's when video stores existed. Um, and it's just this thing uh, from the great movie that we've all seen that thing you do tom holler every time i mention the movie uh there's a line where one of the actors goes how did we get here and uh there, there are moments where you know how do how did i get here and uh, i've enjoyed the ride the whole way uh especially the last few years it's it's been everything i've wanted it to be and even more guys so uh, happy to be here and, and more importantly for me um it's one of the best teams in in pro sports to call their games on i'm very fortunate for that this team is outstanding so my job is literally great players are doing great things. I just have to get out of the way and say it right uh, when they're doing it. 
And that's uh, that's the fingers crossed portion uh, portion of the tour to steal from my my good friend Trip Tracy. Yeah, you definitely don't have to uh, to fill for time anymore, or you know, cover up for the fact that the team is just laying an egg on the ice um, as they were five years ago, even 2017. <laughs> you know, right. a lot of people don't know like how much goes into broadcasting. You know, yeah. it, it's really easy to just we listen to the games, we think. That you just pull all this out of your hat to put it nicely. Yeah. But no, there's a lot of prep that goes into it. There's a lot of, you know, name pronunciations, stats, everything to pull up. So can you kind of go into what maybe like not the season prep, but maybe sure. what your day-to-day prep looks like? Well, I'll get the self-deprecating part out of the way. If you follow social media, there are a lot of people who feel I do no prep. Uh, so <laughs> that, that works that way. Uh, but I, I, I'm serious when I say this. I do more homework now than I ever did in school. Uh, it's as far as making sure I know who the opponent is. You get the name pronunciations right. And even when you think that you get them right and triple check them, uh, the league does a good job of providing a resource of pronunciations. But I can't tell you, and it's, it's not their fault. I can't tell you how many times that I've gone with a league pronunciation or even a pronunciation where they provide it audibly uh, with some of the, the pages that I'm, I have access to with my job, and you hear it, and I repeat that, and then you find out, no, it's not said that way. Like, well, that would have been useful, you know, five hours ago before I went on the air, and you check it over with uh, the other broadcasters. But um, I'll, I'll give you a simple game day for me, because really the prep is, uh, for me, I try to stay three games ahead. So... Uh, the exact way I can put this, I've, if we were playing Columbus, my Columbus prep work has been done. And leading into the game, I'm now on to San Jose. And after the Columbus game, a little bit more time on San Jose. And then I'm on to Seattle before we even get to Seattle. So that's kind of how uh, my prep work goes into it. And beginning of the year is a little bit tough because you don't have a lot of games you can go back and watch. But Uh, I watch, uh, and my wife can attest to this, uh, probably from sunrise to sunset as much hockey as I can DVR and uh, go back. And it's not just the Canes games. I'm watching opponents. I'm watching upcoming opponents. I'm watching uh, big games around the league because, you know, you need to to stay plugged into it. But uh, I I go back to uh, I'm a, a weird learner where it's if I can see it and hear it, I can generally remember things. I've been gifted with that but when I write stuff down and here it's like it's a process so I've always tried to streamline it now you know I see guys show up and I get so jealous like Brendan Burke has these beautiful printed out spreadsheets of rosters and it's like I'm like oh god that's so easy than my chicken scratch that if somebody reads it it's like the it's like the Rosetta Stone it's hieroglyphics and even I'm like god is that a nine or a z I don't know how that that got there um but I write everything down by hand. And it's just like, for me, it's the, the routine of putting the rosters pen to paper. Um, and in fact, I know that this is uh, great for the TV portion of our, see if I've got an old one here. Uh, I'll hold it up for the camera for you guys. So maybe you can see that, but like, that's just like one game note, both teams on either side. Um, and that's part of it, but I, I mean, I enjoy it. It's not, I'm not digging a ditch. <laughs> so 
but there is a lot of work. And then, Matt, I'm glad that you brought that up because it's not just me. Uh, the prep work that Trip does, uh, the prep work that Shane does on the desk for, you know, he's just on for half an hour. I think that you guys are going to love Hannah Yates, who was moving into the, the pregame show host position and will be the intermission host as well. But all of their work and then the, the people behind the trucks to build the graphics, to put the games on, to get the audio out there. It is honestly unbelievable all of the moving parts that go into just putting on one regular season hockey game. And I'm fortunate to be a, a small part of it. But uh, when I say a small part, I know how much uh, play-by-play voice means to a fan base and, and to a team. And like I said, I'm, I'm lucky this team is great. So all I've got to do is call wins uh, since I've gotten into this chair. And uh, it's it's been, for me, it's been uh, the ride of a lifetime. It's what I always wanted to do. And, and here I am. Sorry, I got like stuck in like fan just listening. And I got to get back into I'm actually part of this. Okay, but but my advice, my advice for everybody, like, I don't care if you want to be a podcaster, you want to be a credentialed reporter, you want my job, uh, you want to work national, there's no one way to do it. There's no this isn't you don't get handed out of college. Here's the roadmap. Follow it. And this is what you do. You're going to you're going to make mistakes. (laughs) You're going to make lots of them. It's how you recover from them. Uh, You're going to do a lot of good things. Right. You're going to have a lot of opportunities uh, where, you know, do you pick the right one? Uh, I look at like how these players go through. Do you go to the right team? Does the right team draft you in juniors or just for your pro career? uh, How you get developed. But I tell everybody, don't ever get discouraged if it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, for me, it took honestly, it took 25 years. To, to get this job. Um, but, you know, now that I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm not intending on going anywhere for a while. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but it just, for me has been, uh, it's been awesome. So I just wanted to work that one in for anybody who's listening who, you know, Brandon, I know that you want to get into this and you did a hell of a job last year as the 99, nine, the fan correspondent in the playoffs. I was kind of hoping that you would keep going for the Stanley cup run for that, but you know, you got the opportunity and that's what I tell everybody, you get the opportunity. You don't say no, because you don't know when these opportunities come by again and just take it and run with it. Absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that it was an absolute blast and I hate that it ended the way it did, but it, yeah. it was a lot of fun to get to even just get that opportunity. But yeah, I mean, Hey, like you said, like it's, it's getting to talk hockey. Like what's better than that? You know, yeah. that was like, was kind of, you kind of already answered what our next question was going to be. It was what were some of your favorite parts of your job, but you get to watch hockey, follow these yeah. guys around. It's, it's, it's awesome, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get to watch sports for a living and they yeah, pay me. That's to great. Like, that, that's, I mean, if I'm going to boil it down to the most simplistic part of the job, that that's truly it. If you would have told, you know, 18 year old me, this is going to be the job. Like I'll sign up and what's it going to cost me? My soul, two souls, what would it be? Um, but uh, it's, that's the best part of the job. And then for me, honestly, I've been pretty lucky. I left out that when I was in college, I interned and that I'll use that word loosely uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. I was in 1996, 97, what Chris Huffine is. And I know people listening to this podcast know who Chris Huffine is for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's their video coach. Well, it was a video internship position. And I thought it was going to be running the video board. Like, that's what I thought. I was going to hit the happy Gilmore thing. That's my puck, baby. Nobody takes my puck. And I show up and it's the coaching staff. And in doing that, you know, I got this really behind the scenes look at the world of sports that at an early age, when I was 20, 21, and I'm sitting there going, 
this is how much work it takes to win one game, <laughs> let alone, you know, you think you're going to win a cup. So that gave me a great appreciation for it. But the coolest part of my job is the behind the scenes, you know, the access that, that I have to the game, to the players with, with what I do. Um, it's, it's hard not to, and I hate to use the word geek out to it, but you know, there are times where, you know, you take a step back. I can't wait for the stadium series game. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll be calling it on, on the radio side, Trip and I, I know there's going to be a moment where I'm going to just breathe this all in and be like, I'm, I'm doing it. They're paying me to be here. Okay. Right. So <clears throat> that's, that is the coolest part of the job. Right. Um, so then kind of going into like, you know, more of your favorite things, you know, we've obviously you interact with the players on a game by game basis, but also you have interactions with them when the cameras are off. So who are the best players to interact with? Just kind of the ones that are either the funniest or maybe the most insightful. You want to go current or you want to go all time? Either one. For my reaction with the the hurricane. Either or. You have free reign. Behind the scenes, cameras off. Okay. Who are your favorite players to mess Like, just talk to. Uh, The list is long. And, and, I mean, it really is. Because it's it's, it's been a, a great group of guys. Jordan Stahl has a really dry wit, but he's just a good guy to talk to. Uh, Jay Harrison, if you remember the defenseman, just smart and would talk about anything. I mean, you could talk to Jay Harrison about anything. I actually, little short story on that. My stepmom actually was going to PT with him and she would come home with the craziest stories that he'd start talking to her about like the most off the wall. Yeah, that's him. And he's, you know, he was a musician as well. He would, he would want to talk about anything. And uh, he and I, and I was still the radio reporter at that time and doing pre and post. He and I would have more conversations about bands and things going on in the world than than hockey. Uh, Matt Cullen was great to talk to. Rod Brindamore is great to talk to when the cameras are off. And I mean, he is, first off, he's just one of the best human beings on planet Earth. Uh, there's no two ways around it. But I mean, I can just keep going. I can literally just say, you guys say a name and I'd have a great story about them that I've interacted with at some point in time. Tim Gleason uh, was, you know, really, really just in the moment, intense and all of that, but could be super funny. Cam Ward uh, is the exact same way. Curtis McElhaney might be the calmest human being I've ever met, but if you follow him now on Instagram, you kind of realize his journey, how he went to that. Uh, quick story on that. Uh, we were playing in, in Montreal, and I was going to where I was going to do the pregame show there, and all of a sudden, I look over, and in this Jedi Zen Lotus Buddha position with his hood pulled all the way, his hoodie pulled all the way over his head, and his, his sweatshirt is Curtis, and he's going to play the game, and so the next day, I walked up to him, and I go, what? I go, is that like part of the pregame ritual? He's like, yeah, man, just centering myself, just calming down, just get in. He was uh, absolutely great with that. Andre Svechnikov is, uh, you take for granted, he's 22 years old. Uh, he, he just loves everything. He's the most positive person I've been around. Sebastian Ajo is the same way. Like, let me give you the easy answer, everybody, because <laughs> I, I don't know if I can pick just one, uh, but for guys to go in and just say hi to, uh, Jordan Stahl is up there as far as just having a good word with and just talking to him about things. And uh, that's where I get lucky. I, I get to see them as people where fans see these guys as, you know, they're hockey players or they're pro athletes or they're pro coaches. I, I get more access to the, the human side of them. And it's really cool to, to see what they're into. Uh, you know, they'll come in and they'll like Jordan Martinuk is 
the most energetic human being ever. And you, you talk to him about his dog or you talk to him about his kids and he's got the same fervor for it as he, he would talking about playing in the game. So uh, I, I've just been fortunate that pretty much everybody who's come through the door here has been great to talk to. Well, I think that's by design too, right? It, it seems like the Hurricanes have really targeted a certain yeah. kind of player for that locker room. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they've had the success on the ice that they've had because of the human beings and the chemistry they have in the locker room too. Yeah. And, and by the way, the newest addition, Brent Burns is yeah. fantastic. I mean, we all, we all knew that going in, but it's one of those guys where you're like, all right, you are hilarious and cool. Uh, my joke for Justin Williams is I don't know how they did it, but they based the character of the Fonz on Justin Williams, but he was born after that character was created. So I don't really know how that happened, uh, you know, along those lines, but coolest human being I've ever met in any situation ever. He, he, he and Fred Rogers are the only guy who could rock a cardigan and make it look cool. Uh, so and that's, a, that's the truth. Uh, just so cool for everything. Uh, but I, I, you know, I joke about that. And then, you know, Chad LaRose was a, a great, a great one to talk to in his time. Rosie, yeah. You asked me this and I, I feel if I don't say everyone's name and any of them see this, they're going to be like, you didn't like talking to me. And I'm like, well, they all listen to our show. So yeah. well, I know. Yeah, that. Of course. I, of course. That's why I think I've named every Carolina hurricane since 2007 <laughs> up to five minutes ago. <laughs> All right, well, we'll pivot here. Well, let's actually get into a little puck talk. Obviously, the Hurricanes just wrapped up yet another shocker. Extremely impressive preseason. That's kind of become their MO, right? They don't lay off the gas in the preseason. It seems like every year they're just tearing it up, no matter who they got in the lineup. So just in a general sense, what were some of your big takeaways, just especially speaking to, like, the depth of this organization from the preseason? Well, I think that's the one thing, uh, and you guys have noticed it from years past, there are guys who are not going to make this team who in years past would probably have prominent roles uh, and they're definite NHL players. And I think last year that depth played out when you could call up Stefan Nason, who scored 48 in the AHL. I don't care what league you score 48 in. That's impressive. But Josh Lavo was one of those players. We saw what Jalen Chatfield was able to do given uh, some time up here with the big club and, and Max Lejoie. I mean, that team was down Tony D'Angelo and Brett Pesci. They called up, Jalen Chatfield and Max Lajoie, and they didn't change how they played. And, and that was what was impressive to me. This preseason, uh, real simply put, the things that the three big takeaways were how good Brent Burns is. And and I, I, I bring that up because I follow the Western Conference during the course of the season and the you know, course of hockey, but I focus on the Eastern Conference. So I mean, the credential spoke for itself with Burns. We all know that he's a great hockey player. But to see it and really pay attention to what he's doing and how he fits in with this scheme and what he's going to do, it's that's the perfect defenseman for what the Canes want to do, in particular mm-hmm. offensively and on the power play. So Brent Burns and, and his standout performances were there. Uh, just to see Jesperi Kotkaniemi play, I think, relaxed. I I think he's going to have a big year. Now – I don't, when I say a big year, I'm not saying 40 goals or 90 points, but I think he's going to relax and, and just go and play hockey. He's got his contract. He doesn't have the offer sheet drama to worry about. Uh, so kind of like a, a 2A and a 2B, because I think he goes hand in hand. Marty Nate is having six points in the preseason. Generally, I, I don't put any stock in results in the preseason. You know, if the Canes went one and four in the preseason, 
I wouldn't have any panic. They go four and one. It's the same thing. It's, it's great. You'd rather win than lose, but, but personal results just for Natchez to come into the season with a good feeling of scoring goals and leading the team in points in the preseason. And then the third is that depth that you looked at. It's a lot of guys showed up and you would be hard pressed to say they don't deserve a spot here. Like multi Strongwell scores two goals. Uh, and he's got a rocket of a shot. We're talking about Derek Stepan still on a PTO, but it looks like he will get a contract at, at some point. Um, and, and he's still an NHL player, Jack Drury showing that he's ready for prime time. And we hit on Stefan Nason a little bit earlier. You have Paul Stasny like that. That signing's just kind of gotten forgotten that Paul Stasny is on the Carolina Hurricanes and how he's going to fit in with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Foss. That looks to be the, the starting point there. So um, those, those are like the three to, to four big things that jumped out to me in the preseason. And, you know, the goaltending is going to be fine. Uh, that, that's the one thing I, I wanted to see Frederick Anderson come back and play. He hadn't played since April 16th. He looked like the same Freddie to me. I know that uh, the, he probably wants a, a goal or two back from that uh, Florida game. But overall, I, I think that everything just went to plan for this team for the, for the preseason. And those are the, the kind of highlights for me, especially the Burns thing. And people want to say, you know, standout or surprise players. He's not a surprise, but I think Burns is going to have a monster year on the blue line for the Hurricanes. Agreed. You know, you've seen him play elsewhere, but getting to see him play for the Carolina Hurricanes, getting to see him that close. Yeah. Totally different. Alongside um, Jacob Slavin, man, it's just such a good fit too with him. I mean, just I, I just can't help but think that line or that pairing is going to be new monster things this season. Well, that's that's the other part of it too, isn't it? Right. Because if you want to look, and I, I point out when people ask me about Jacob Slavin, I say break down the individual numbers because you can do it now. When he's on the ice against the other team's best players, how many times do they have a plus night? How many times does a Connor McDavid or a Johnny Gaudreau have? the better night than and I'm just going on the ice against Slayton. So there's that part of it, but look at what he did with Dougie Hamilton and he allowed Dougie Hamilton to be that offensive player that he could be here in Carolina and flourish. Look at what he did the last year when he got paired up. First off, people forget it was Jacob Slayton and Ethan bear to start the season. And Ethan bear got off to a great start. I, I, he's the one guy I look at COVID really derailed his season last year. And, and he's been playing catch up since the other side of it though, is D'Angelo gets moved up there on the power play, playing those first line minutes, and he just fit. And Jacob Slavin basically is the world's best security blanket for his defensive partner. You go, you do what you need to do. I think there's more offense to Jacob's game, yeah. but part of part of his game is no, I know what I, I do well defensively. You go do that, and I'll wait for an opening to to go get mine. Uh, and he is he might be. When it's all said and done, and Burns has already talked about it, because I'm playing next to this guy, it makes my life so much easier. So that that pairing, and if I could go one step further, and I know that I am the play-by-play voice for the Carolina Hurricanes, but you would be hard-pressed to find a better top four in the league on the blue line than what the Canes have with Burns and Slavin and Pesci and Shea. Not saying that you can't make a case for anybody else, but I, I don't – I honestly have looked at the numbers. I don't know anybody who one through four are that good. And then five and six, 
that's going to be a, it's a good question mark for the Kansas here. Dylan Coglin, Calvin DeHaan coming back, who's a reliable veteran, a lefty. I like Jalen Chatfield's game. He's very reliable. He puts out the same game. And does Ethan Bear get to where he was? You know, you got those four guys vying for three spots on the blue line. So it's kind of where we're at. But I've yeah. just had the whole defense together, I know. But part of it is because they, they play so well together, play so well off of each other. Absolutely. Yeah. You're certainly not finding a better defensive core in a place like, say, Florida, who no. <laughs> somehow got worse. No, I mean it's it's that's uh, that's the funny thing about it. Like you don't if Florida has a hell of a defenseman in Aaron Ekblad, but they rely on Aaron Ekblad in every single situation. Yeah. Power play, penalty kill, five on five. You know he's going to play thirty minutes a game. Um, <laughs> Tampa, Tampa's got a good defensive core, but we all know that. It'd be great to have a six foot seven Viking, uh, the way that Victor Hedman is. But you know, he's played a heck of a lot of hockey. But he's, you, you look at, at their decor. Their decor was the one last year. I'm like, you know, they got McDonough, and they've got Sergeyev, and they got Chernak, and they got Hedman. They have good players there. That's the one you could point to and say, all right, that's maybe if you're going one through six. But you know, now the, the Canes, I'm with you. Their their core, especially in the Eastern Conference. Is as good as it's. It's my, in my for my money. It's the best in the Eastern Conference. Out West, Colorado's got that Kale McCarr guy. I hear he's very good, and yeah, I watched him play. He's pretty good. Going Byram too. That kid's nasty. Yep. If he can stay healthy, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, we've talked about some of the veterans. We haven't even mentioned the fact that you know Ryan Dezingle played really well against Columbus yep. on Monday night. Gets waived and sent to Chicago today. But they've also got a lot of young players and, you know, the positional battles are going to, at least in my mind, you know, they might spill out into the season because, you know, if there's an injury, one of these young guys gets called up, it could be they outplay this maybe more veteran presence and make Rod's decision a little tougher. So who are some of those guys that you're looking at to maybe either get called up this year or maybe even steal a spot? Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I don't know if there's any spots to be stolen. Like the, the young guy who I look to is Jack Drury. He's, he's the guy who it's, I think it's his position on the team to lose, to, to not be in the lineup every day. Um, but you, you dip down into the minors. I, I feel absolutely terrible for Ryan Suzuki, that he just hasn't been able to be healthy because I think that this would have been a year for him to take a big step forward. I like what Jamison Reese brings to the party. Uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he's not afraid to be a disturber and, and you need that at times. I just don't know if there's, you look at, again, you look it up front, there's just so much depth and there are guys like Nason who I think are in front of him. Stepon's in front of him. Don't forget at some point in time, guys, Max Pacioretty is going to come back. In yeah, January, okay. February. So, uh, like, oh, right, that guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. You know, he just a six time 30 goal scorer, <laughs> former captain of the Montreal Canadiens. And by the way, all around nice human being to keep uh, with our theme from earlier. But it's, it's, I think in years past, I could have given you five guys, but I'd say watch for them to get an opportunity to play. Uh, I, I think that you want me to say Vasily Ponomarov. I would love to say Vasily Ponomarov. I'd like to see him play. 82 games in the AHL yep. get a little bit stronger and play yep. the play in the North American game. But what he showed me in the prospect camp and he doesn't look out of place. Like he, he could play. 
if if you need him. So I'll give you Jamison Reed, two guys who are on the younger side who are going to be down in Chicago. Panamarov and, and Reese are the two guys who you could see them if if an injury happens, and let's face it, it's going to. It's 82 games. Uh, they could find a way to to get a call and and make an impact in a positive way for this club and, and make a decision tough to, to send them back down. But this is, I think, 1 through 13, this might be the most loaded the Hurricanes have been up front Agreed. with the forward talent that they have. And, and how many years would Jamison Reese and Vasily Panamara be top nine, probably, on the Carolina Hurricanes? And, and it's a tough spot for them, but that, there's another wave coming. It's like, you know, the Hurricanes are so well set up, and they've got so many contracts and stuff coming up the next few years, and it's going to be difficult. So those are definitely guys that down the road are going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, a, a prime example would be like Noel Gunler, who, you know, with the, the prospect camp that he had, had an okay showing in the preseason. But the thought would be for the Canes, you know, a pick like that, you got to get them in the lineup sooner rather than later. Now the Canes have this great luxury. Let these guys develop. Let them get a year older and let them get a, a year stronger and get used to playing. And by the way, they're going to Chicago and they're winning. And I think that Brock Shan is going to be a great coach because he uh, talked to him on the Canes cast. He plugged for my podcast that you can get at CarolinaHurricanes.com and uh, Google Play and Apple. Uh, but the, Sorry, the, Mike, where can you get that podcast again? That would be on hurricanes.com, <laughs> Apple and Apple Podcasts in Google Play, if Google Play is still a thing, because I think maybe eight people have that. Uh, but still, uh, it, it, it comes to me, a player like that would have been rushed through the system in years past. And, yes. and now the Canes have the luxury. Like Jack Drury last year probably would have been a top nine forward in years past maybe not in Jack's world, the best thing ever for him to go spend, you know, the majority of the season in Chicago. But I, I think it was a great thing for him because he came up and he's ready to play. And in his two games in the NHL, two goals. I mean, he, he showed he could play. So uh, it's, it's a good spot for the Hurricanes to be in. He's going to score 82 this year, right? Exactly. But yeah, I mean, yeah, so he's on that pace, right? That expectations. That's, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not an analytics guy, but I mean, that it bears out. The math checks out. Thank you. We'll, we'll take it up with Tolski next time we talk to him. <laughs> yeah. um, I only refer to him as doctor, Dr. Eric Tolsky. Dr. Eric Tolsky, sorry. Um, you know, last year, it ended in disappointment because the, this team didn't win the Stanley yeah. Cup. It feels very obvious that that's been the team's goal since Rod Brindamore took over. Because um, he's, he's not one to uh, aim low. No. Um, but you know, this year it's obviously a big year of expectations for the hurricanes. So can you just give us like maybe one to two storylines that you're looking for this season that may get the hurricanes over the hump? Uh, for me, I, I mean, it all plays to the postseason. Like I can tell you about the regular season and, you know, it'd be great if they have the best record in the NHL, uh, winning the Metro. I say, I certainly think is a big thing. Like, uh, I think that the storyline is, does this team win a division title three years in a row? Do they win the Metro division? And then for me, it's the health going into the postseason of the netminders. Uh, if Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ronta are both 100% heading into the postseason, I think that they're going to be uh, just A-OK and be poised to go on a long run. So those are the easiest storylines I can give you as a team to pay attention as this team win the division. And on the other side of it, does this team 
come out and once the playoffs are, are ready, they have their healthy net mining tandem of Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta. All right. So this one's an interesting one. Put on your, let's see, what's the word? Uh, hypo, I guess hypothetical cab. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have that right behind me. So sure. <laughs> All right, let's say you have the power and you can pick either of these two players. There are these two duos of players. And let's say a breakout from this or these two players. I think this gets the Carolina Hurricanes the closest to a Stanley Cup. Would it be Martin Natchez and Jesperi Kokaniemi just stepping into those roles and just being rock solid and really, really, well, solid? Or would it be Seth Jarvis and Andre Sveshnikov going to legitimate NHL stardom? Or in Sveshnikov's case, let's say a bigger step toward. No, no, I I know (laughs) know what you're driving at there. Um, No, I think it's the first. I I think it's Jesperi Kokaniemi and and Martin Natchez. If Jesperi Kokaniemi can fill the the second line center skates Uh, and he doesn't have to be Vincent Trocek by the way like a a lot of people have asked that like can he be Vincent Trocek and do that no uh, because Vincent Trocek killed penalties not saying that Kokaniemi can't or won't uh, but in he was he's been given some looks at that in the preseason but lefty versus a righty so there's going to be some question marks there Trocek uh, was able to put up points early in his career in Florida. I remember he was an all-star, but had a little bit more maturity to his game. But if he can be that second line center and get 50 points, guys, you know, 60 would be great. But if he could be a 50 point center and if, uh, and I I joke on the analytics thing, but I I look at those numbers, his points per minute played. And he, remember he was getting fourth line minutes last year, but he did have a chance to be the second line center and he was starting to flourish and then he takes the knee to the head from Jacob Verano with three seconds left in Washington. And, you know, you play to the whistle, but you're like, is that something that's going to be happening here? So that kind of sidetracked him. But he was showing that he could put production, uh, at least uh, on the stat sheet for the team. So that's one. And Natchez, this is a big year for him. I know he got a two-year extension, but this for me is the okay show that you are a 20 goal scorer in this league and you can put up points and he says he wants to play in the middle. Well, show that you can play on the wing first and, and produce there. So if you get that, that to me, those two players find that groove, you get into the postseason. I know what Svechnikov's going to bring. I'm fairly certain what Seth Jarvis is going to bring. Sebastian Ajo and Tavo Teravainen. Uh, back to that question want to see a little bit more in the playoffs out of them. I think everybody, they'll be the first to, to tell you that they expect more out of themselves in the playoffs. But um, for me, if those two players, Brandon, take that jump, this will be an elite hockey club. I mean, this will be, they will be on the level of Stanley cup, not contender, but favorite. If those two guys can fill those roles. I, I absolutely agree with that actually. And it's like, those are kind of, it's hard to even call them holes in this team. You know, there really aren't any holes on paper with this lineup. Right. Like those are two, you know, at least question marks. And if you get that kind of, you know, higher end of their potential spectrum production out of them, I don't see a flaw with this hockey team. So I, I think that's a pretty good answer. And, and I mean, as much as I would love to see Sveshnikov pop off and score 120 points, um, 
you're probably right. I, I, I do think I agree with your assessment there that that's probably what makes the Carolina Hurricanes the most complete hockey team. They've got the star power. Yeah, yeah. If if the players we know this is what they do, like Svechnikov, Aho, Teravine, and hit their baseline, then it becomes who takes that next step forward. And those are the two guys that are in line to take that next step forward. All right, Mike, last thing we got for you, because I know you've got a very important fantasy hockey draft tonight. <laughs> What is your hottest Canes take heading into the season? I know as the broadcaster, your your takes may have to be a little lukewarm. However, if there's one take that you just have, we'd love to hear it. Just to put the pressure on you first. We right. did have Cox. On. We had Dennis Cox on a couple of weeks ago. And Coxie's Canes conspiracy was a red hot segment. So if you want to try to one-up him, that's totally on. No, no, I I would never (laughs) try to one-up Dennis. First off, uh, me and Dennis have looked for his neck for several years and still haven't been able to find it. Uh, We've been working on that. But uh, for me, my hottest Canes take is the Canes win the President's Trophy, that they're the best team in the regular season in the National Hockey League. That's my hottest take. Okay. That's lukewarm, I know, but. Yeah, I'd I'd take it, though. I, I mean, I could go individuals. Uh, Brent Burns wins the Norris Trophy. I wouldn't be that surprised. I, I mean, what we talked about earlier, having him next to Slavin, I just think that pairing is going to be so perfect for each other. And, you know, people have been saying Burns is a little bit on the decline, but the guy can still play. He's such a perfect fit in the system. I wouldn't be Slavin's ability to make everybody better. Exactly. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Eh, just saying. I mean, I, I'm expecting – 15 and 55 out of Brent Burns. 15 goals, 55 assists. That's that that'll, put you in the, that'll put you in the conversation. Yeah. Or Slavin should be the guy who wins it, but, you know, yeah. journalists no will never vote for him because why would an American defenseman be the Norris Trophy? You know, why, why would the best defender in the league ever win the award that goes to the best defender in the league? there's a thing that we've been saying on this podcast for years and it's it's points equals good points. it's just it's all about the points mike yeah i'll and try sadly to that is what i'm gonna try to work that into a broadcast map points equals good yeah yeah it. it's oh, that's gonna be a big moment for us this is a wholly owned trademark of tracking the storm podcast <laughs> <laughs> all right mike we know you gotta go we want to thank you so much again for taking the time to come on Talk a little puck with us two little guys here on the Track in the Storm podcast. We are so excited to have you back for another year. All of Kane's country absolutely loves you, and I hope you know that. And, hey, very, very excited for another fantastic year Carolina Hurricanes hockey. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. That was fun, man. Probably one of my favorite interviews yet, to be totally honest. Huge thanks again to Mike Maniscalco. Uh we're not quite done here yet today. We're going to move on, talk a little bit more to wrap things up. Because the next time we talk, it will be hockey season. We will have games to talk about. But before we do move on, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take just a quick minute. Get away from DraftKings. Hockey fans, it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team, and they will get $200 in free bets if they win. You know the Cans are going to be a unit this year. If you ever see a plus sign next to their name, you know you need to take that bet. The team's going to be great. Why don't we make a little money off it, too? 
do it right there, DraftKings Sportsbook. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more will get you your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and you will get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. And we're back. We're back. What's going on, folks? Preseason was fun, wasn't it? (laughs) It really was, man. I mean, we talked about this a little bit with Mike, but it's just a chance to see how freaking crazy the depth of this hockey team really is right now. I mean, the young guys, the veterans that aren't even able to make the team like Ryan Dezingle. I don't think Stefan Nason's in the opening night lineup, but I mean, he's another guy. And, and then obviously you got the young guys. I mean, a guy like Malty Stromwell, who again, we talked about what a freaking shot that kid has, or I don't even know if he's a kid. How old is he? He is like 28. Okay. That's what I thought he was in his late twenties, but like, he looks like a legitimate potential option. If guys go down, I think you could do worse than putting him in the lineup. And, you know, obviously, Jamison Reese, Vesely Ponomarev, Noel Gunlersh had his moments. I thought Tiaxla got better as the preseason went along, but is gonna he's going to take a few years. We knew that going in, but he showed some things. It's like the depth, it really is tremendous, and it just proves, well, what we say in our outro every single night. It's, it's a great time to be a Hurricanes fan. This is still a team on the rise, as good as they are right now. Well, and, you know, you bring up a good point. Like, the Hurricanes – what they did in the past is they'd just bring in guys that were like warm bodies. Like I, I looked at, you know, Dan Renuff was on waivers today, which is the reason I bring him up, but the Canes signed him at one point. He was literally just a warm body. And well, those no, after types... draft picks were too, Drayson Bowman and Zach Boychuk and the list goes well, on. No, that's a development issue. That's a separate <laughs> thing. Yeah, Um, I'm talking about guys that they sign on like those one year two way deals that are more than likely just going to play in the AHL. But here's the thing, like, as we saw with Stromwall, who has very little North American pro experience, the guy can play and might be able to play an NHL role. Stefan Nason's an example of a guy that we brought in, looked really great, and now he could play an NHL role as well. You've got um, Mackenzie McEachern has played, I, I think, over 200 NHL games. Uh, there's there's other players that I'm thinking of, but really, you know, gone are the days where the Hurricanes are just bringing in, you know, guys to fill those depth roles on their team. And I think, you know, that kind of started when they shifted affiliates to Chicago because Chicago wants those big name veteran players to play. Right, that team, that organization wants to win. Yeah, and they want to win every year. I'm not saying that the Charlotte Checkers didn't, but you also look at the AHL free agents they brought in. They bring they bring in a guy like you know David Ferens, who up until recently was a top prospect in Nashville system. They bring in Ivan Ladnia again, who you know is a solid AHL player. Griffin Mendel, who had a really long stay in Kane's camp for a guy that's on an AHL deal, you know, the level of competition, the level of depth that this organization has goes beyond the NHL. 
Josh Levo, who was on the team last year, or who was on the Wolves last year, pretty likely he's actually making St. Louis's opening night roster. Which is really say, cool. To I, see. I bet he's on the Blues this year. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the Hurricanes do a great job of making the depth extend beyond the NHL. That way, when they do have to call up somebody, because like Mike said in the interview, 82-game season, somebody's going to get hurt. Like, the fact that we're not having to roll with, you know, just some guy or a warm body or rushing a prospect that's not ready for the NHL, I think it goes a long way. Yeah, man. I, I mean, it's shaping up to be a fantastic year, obviously. And and the depth, injuries are going to hit. This team's going to have no shortage, no shortage of options to bring up when that does happen. And hey, I mean, what more can you really ask for for a team with cup aspirations? Um, yeah. I'm really excited to see the development of guys like Sveshnikov and Jarvis. We talked about that a little bit. You know, Kokaniemi, Natchez, there's still so much young talent that has more to give. And that's one of the more exciting parts, too, here. And I think once all that clicks is when we really will be talking about this team as a true Stanley Cup favorite and, and potentially bringing home a cup here to Raleigh. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, a lot has to go right, but a lot has to go right for a lot of teams. You know, for the 16 teams that make the playoffs, a lot of things have to go right. But why not the Canes? Like, I think that's the point we get here. And that's why this is such an exciting season. And it's been like that for the past couple of years. But there's just so much talent on this team. I love the defense. I love the idea of adding Max Pacioretty to a unit that should already be very, very dangerous and very good. I mean, yeah, this is the, you know, (laughs) this is the first year where I'm legitimately like, okay. I don't really have any questions about the team or the depth. Right. Um, and, you know, you could sit here and I'm going to bring up Martin Nook again. You can sit here and argue about like which fourth line players are making which impact and yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, your fourth line is not going to win you a championship. You have to have competent NHL players and Martin Nook is a competent NHL player. He might not be the best, but the fourth line does not impact the game the way your top nine does. And this is the best the top nine has looked ever for the Hurricanes. Other than maybe in 06 when they added everybody at the deadline. And then you look at the, you know, the defense core the Hurricanes have. That's phenomenal. This might be the best goaltending tandem the Hurricanes have ever had. Like, there's just so much good surrounding this team this year where I'm like, yeah, this, this Hurricanes team could be legit. So Brandon, I think the last thing we really have to talk about tonight, because obviously, you know, if people are still listening to the podcast after Mike, like, first of all, hi, but like <laughs> the best part's over. We you do guys can go home. You have listeners. You realize that, right? Like people do occasionally listen to us just because of us. Once in a while. Me, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Bro, I'm the fucking radio star. I'm the one that was on. Just kidding. I'm sorry. The video has killed the radio star, didn't you? Didn't you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's a very obscure music reference for y'all. Maybe not obscure, but it's a, it's definitely out there. <laughs> uh, let's let's wait until the on the podcast. Uh Brandon, the last thing I have for you is really just we're looking ahead to the season. 
what I want to know is, like, take the Stanley Cup out of it. What is the thing you are looking forward to the most out of this season? <sighs> Man, that is a tricky question, actually. I mean... Thought up of it on the spot. Not even going to lie. I mean, the outdoor game's got to rank up there. That's going to be a hell of an environment. Even if I can't get a ticket, I might have to go tailgate and just hang out for a bit. It's That's going to be a spectacle at Carter-Finley Stadium. Um, beyond that... The best football stadium in the triangle. It's no Wallace-Wade Stadium. But anyway. What the hell is that? <laughs> it's where Duke plays. Four and one Duke is a strong fucking word there, bud. (laughs) Oh man. No, but, um, it's for me, it's always watching the young guys. Like I I know that's kind of what I always go back to, but it's, it's, it's such a fun thing. Like the promise of what could be. And there are so many, I just said it a few minutes ago. Like there's so many young players that you just dream on. Like what's Seth Jarvis going to do? If he scored 30 goals this year, I wouldn't be surprised. That might be, it's steep, but it could happen. 25 would be more than good enough for this team, but I think he could have a huge year. We keep saying it. I tweeted it like the second preseason game. Is this the year for Andre Svechnikov? Again, I, I think there's more to give in there. I think one day he's could be one of the best players this franchise has ever seen. Could this be the year where he really goes supersonic? He looked fantastic in the preseason. Powerful, fast shooting everything, just making plays all over the place. And then, of course, guys, we've talked about a lot tonight, Jesperi Kokanambi, he showed a lot. He looked very calm, like Mike said in the preseason. I think if he settles into that role early, you know, if he gets off to a good start, I think this goes for both him and Martin Natchez, it could set the Hurricanes up for very big things. If they get off to a hot start, see the puck go into the net a few times and really settle into their roles, how are you going to stop this team? I mean, there's so much firepower. There's so many star players. Tavo Teravainen, we barely talked about. Sebastian Ajo, we barely talked about. That's crazy, right? Those are two of the best players on the team, have been for a half a decade now. And it's, it's almost like they're getting overshadowed just because of how consistently great they are. What if they have a big year, you know, career years? Like, there, there's so many things that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they happened. And, like just could take this team to such high levels. It's kind of hard for me to put it exactly into words. I'm guessing you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, Seth Jarvis scored at a 20-goal pace last year. Right. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he is, you know, pushing 25-30 this year. Um, I'm excited. The, the thing I'm most excited for is Brent Burns. I'm going to be honest. Like, when you have a player of that caliber – we saw how good he was in the preseason and like, yeah, it's the preseason, but like Brent Burns has a hell of a shot. And with the just sheer volume that our defensemen shoot from the point, which in years past has frustrated me. (laughs) It was like Dougie Hamilton was a pretty good shooter. Tony D'Angelo was not. And yet the team wanted him to shoot. And so now you have a guy who, has a wicked snapshot, just a booming slap shot. He can score on the rush. He can score from the point. He can score from anywhere. And then you add in the possibility for deflections. Like this guy is going to be legit for this team. And his, his contributions are going to go beyond just the power play, which is more than can be said for 
guys like D'Angelo and Hamilton, I think. That's all I got, Brandon. I think, you know, Mike nailed it. It just like, it's truly an exciting season. This is a team that could legitimately win the cup. And I think they are a cup favorite. So. Yeah, man. And uh, last time we're going to talk before hockey starts, like next week, we're going to have actual NHL hockey. Your Carolina Hurricanes face off against the Columbus Blue Jackets Wednesday night, less than a week away. I can't wait. Yeah, we might have to record. It might be next week's pod might come out a little later because the opening night. Yeah, but hey, maybe we'll record that night. We'll see. We'll figure it out when it gets. No, out. I work that night. Okay, never mind. All right, all right, folks. I'll let Mike take it away. This is Mike Maniscalco, and you're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast. It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.